Thanks for joining the podcast with Tamara Gondor. Conversations with everyday innovators that reject status quo, think differently, and make a positive difference in their world. Listen in so you can ignite innovation, influence others, and make an impact too. And now your host, CrossFit addict, knee-high sock lover, and according to her kids, average cook, Tamara Gondor. Yo, yo, it's Friday again. You know what that means. It is time to do a wrap up on our everyday innovator interviews from this week. And as usual, they were incredible and very different. Now, if you're new to the podcast or if you just need a refresher, remember this wrap up is where I'm going to share with you a little bit of that interview and more importantly, the big nugget that I took away from it, the thing that made me go, hmm, interesting, I need to think about that. And even some action or just a shift in mindset that I took based on that aha insight. And the reason I shared this with you is because it actually isn't about me. I don't want it to be about me, but because it's about you. I want you to start to think about those nuggets and those insights and put them into action so that you can go further faster. The other thing I'll share is that the link to the previous episodes is in the show notes or the description. It's all from this week. So if you're on your player, you could just scroll back. But if you're looking at this description, you can just click over on the website or in any of the players, because I want you to be able to go back and to dig into the ones that really spoke to you. I would also encourage you to listen to the ones that you maybe skipped this week because you thought, I don't know, I don't have time or this doesn't even relate to me. I think you'll be surprised what you'll learn great intersection happens at the intersection of random when new ideas and new thinking collides. And guess what? I'm bringing you all those people. You don't even need to go out and find them. They're all right here for you. I'm going to start by sharing a story with you of incredible innovation. And it's one that I think really highlights why It's so important to not think outside the box, but think about how do you rearrange the box you have. I was just in a meeting this week uh, with a, a group of clients who have hired me to come in and do a keynote for their group, and they specifically asked me to share this story. They heard or saw some recorded video of a, a past keynote I've done where I shared this. And one of the things that they were telling me of the reason they wanted me to share the story, the one I'm about to share with you is that they thought it was such a great example of how often the most innovative solutions, the ones that are the most meaningful, the things that actually help us create meaningful breakthroughs are really right in front of us if we just rearrange things a little bit. I couldn't agree more. So let me share this story with you, the one that my clients asked for, the one that I think will highlight to you how you can forget to think outside the box. Just start rearranging the box you have. So here's what happened. The other day I am at work and, you know, it was one of those days where I started the day, I looked at my calendar and I got all excited because guess what? I had no meetings on the calendar. What? Oh my gosh. I thought this is the day I get it all done. This is amazing. Have you ever had those days where you think today's the day I'm hyper productive? So I went to the gym, I got my workout in, I got my coffee and I am skipping into work like a child. I'm so happy. And I sit down at my desk, ready to tackle those big projects. And sure enough, three of my employees come into the office. They need something. Two clients have a fire drill of something. They need something. And our technology broke. 
oh my gosh, before I knew it, it was 6.30 PM. I haven't gotten anything I wanted to get done, done. And now I'm running behind. And I realized I got to pick up groceries on the way home. I got nothing in the fridge, but I don't have time. I don't have time to go to the grocery store and spend hours there, which by the way, I totally could do. I love going to the grocery store. It's like a treasure trove of innovation and clever marketing. I just love it, but I don't have time. So I think to myself, okay, Tamara, just go in and get the basics, eggs, chicken, vodka. But then I realized, oh yeah, I need a razor. And I find myself standing in front of this sea of razors and I am paralyzed. I mean, do I need one strip and a moisture blade? Do I need two strips and a titanium base? Do I need three razors and a pivot head? I don't know. I'm so overwhelmed that I look at my stuff. I say goodbye to my vodka and I walk my two hairy legs right out the store with nothing. And then the next day, much to the suggestion of everybody I know, I signed up for Dollar Shave Club so that I could get a razor delivered to my doorstep. Now, why did I do that? Because I didn't want to think that hard about something as simple as a razor. And guess what? Neither did the hundreds of thousands of other people that have signed up for Dollar Shave Club. Now, I had the opportunity of interviewing Mike Dubin for this podcast. What a great everyday innovator. This was, oh, a couple years ago now. And I asked him, I said, hey, Mike, where did this idea come from? And he told me two really powerful things that relate to rearranging the box, being an everyday innovator, and how that incredible breakthrough is right in front of you. First, he said, you know, Tamara, I just kept hearing these conversations about how frustrated people were, his friends, about buying a razor. Like, really? It's just a simple shave. Why is this so hard? Like, why do I have all these choices? Why is this so high tech? Why are we getting to a 10 blade shave? Like maybe my face just needs to go Mach 1 and not Mach 5. What does that even mean? Right? A lot of frustration of like, this is ridiculous. This should be a simple purchase. And it's not. And he said, you know, I thought to myself, I bet I could solve this problem. And so he did. And he went on to create Dollar Shave Club. And here's where he rearranged the box. Now, as some of you may recall, when Dollar Shave Club came out, he was going up against a billion-dollar behemoth, Gillette. That is the razor out there. That is the brand. And the razor razor blade model, meaning you buy the first pack and then you refill the razor blades, has been the razor blade purchase model since, the, since time started. So he's going up against this billion-dollar behemoth. And he thinks to my, himself, I, I can do this differently without blowing everything up. So he doesn't reinvent the razor. He didn't create a new product. He didn't create an innovation on the razor itself that makes it more amazing. In fact, he brought it back down to the simplicity of one blade. Instead, he brought in a subscription model that had never happened in the razor razor blade market before, yet it was right in front of him. It was right in front of everybody. It was everywhere. We do subscriptions for our gyms, for our massages, for our what we watch online, all of it. All he did was borrow what was right in front of him, rearrange it a little, and add it to this business. He sold Dollar Shave Club to Unilever for $4 billion. That's the power of rearranging what's right in front of you. So I encourage you, whatever style of innovator you are, and if you don't know, by the way, go to our website and take the assessment. I really encourage you to think about how do I rearrange what's right in front of me to create a higher impact 
break through. It's possible for all of us. And I love his story because I think that's a great example of exactly that. So thanks, Mike. You're an incredible everyday innovator. Speaking of everyday innovators, let's get on to this week. We had four incredible everyday innovators from across the globe and in very different fields. So on Monday, we had Paul Ace, and he is a collaborative inquisitive, and he's from the conversational commerce technology automation space. Then we had Roy Red on Tuesday, who's an experiential instinctual, and he is in the coaching performance game space. Then we had Sean Richard, who's an engineer, totally different space, who's a collaborative inquisitive. And then we had Gary Payton, who's in the events field, who's an experiential tweaker. Completely different. We went all the way from technology and automation from all the way across the Atlantic to coaching, to engineering, to event planning. And they all had really interesting things to say. And hey, remember, most of our interviews, almost all of them are 30 minutes and under or 30 minutes ish, I should say. You have time for that. You have time while you're cooking, cleaning, driving, in between meetings, um, vegging out with nothing else to do, whatever it is, you have time for these. You're going to learn something out of every single one of them. Let me share with you what I learned. We're going to start with Paul Ace on Monday, who's the collaborative inquisitive. Now, collaborative is all about pulling disparate people and ideas and experiences together to create whole innovation. It's all about putting these pieces of the puzzle to paint a more holistic picture. And the inquisitive side is all about challenging assumptions, pulling back the layers, Asking, 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 digging, digging, digging. For them, for inquisitives, innovations and the questions, not the answers. So as a collaborative inquisitive, he brings whole and deep innovation to the table. What a powerful combination. Now, Paul talked about something that it was so obvious, yet so profound all at the same time. And he has a lot of great insights, not just into like the direction of technology, but also in, into leadership. And he talked about the difference between effectiveness and efficiency. And how he would much rather that he and his team focus on effectiveness, effectiveness versus efficiency. And he kind of described it as, you know, think of it this, it's like, you know, you are efficient if you've got your to-do list and you get everything on your to-do list done. But how do you know how you're doing it is the right way to do it. And he had this analogy of carrying a, or needing to get water from one place to the next and taking a bucket, scooping up the water from one, you know, point A and carrying it over to point B. But what if that bucket had holes in it? Technically, you've moved the water over there, at least some of it. Some of it's been lost along the way, but definitely not the most effective way to do it versus, all right, what if you created a series of straws of tubes that automatically got the water from one place to the next? Wouldn't that be way more effective? So he got me thinking about this whole effective versus efficient. And I am notorious for lists. I love lists. I think part of that is because Naturally, I'm a very scattered person. My parents would definitely nod their heads to that statement. And I like to stay organized and lists help me do that. But his comment about effective versus efficient got me really thinking of, hold on, okay, I'm often efficient, right? I am one of the most productive people I know. I can get more done in a day than most people do in a week. But am I doing it to the best of my ability in a way that's going to create the outcomes I'm looking for? And I was looking at my checklist that day and I decided to do it a little bit differently and it made an impact on my week. So I want to share this with you so that you have the opportunity to do this as well. So here's what I did. Instead of just creating my to-do list and starring some of the things that were the priority, right? Things that had to get done, whether that's because of deadline or importance. And next to it, I created another column for how. 
And in that column, I focused on what is the most effective way to do this thing I need to get done. So I've got my list of to-dos and I've got my list of hows. And that is where I started to see breakthroughs of, oh my gosh, I'm being so inefficient in this area. And oh, this is really efficient. And oh, if I dial this up in this way a little bit, I can change that. It made me so much more effective all week. And here's what I noticed. I didn't finish all my to-dos, but the ones I did had a bigger impact. They got to more sales. They inspired my team more. They led me to new ideas. Um, Some of the stuff I got done faster because what I was doing was inefficient before and taking me longer. So think about that. Two columns, one for the what and one for the how. I think you'll find it really not just inspiring because you get to brainstorm a little bit about your day-to-day roles and kind of tasks, but also really surprising of how and what you can do better, where you can dial in innovation to be more effective. He also talked about the importance of excellence along with that being effective. So go back and listen to that podcast to get the details of that. For now, two columns, the what and the how. Focus on effectiveness, not efficiency. Thanks for that, Paul. You're listening to Conversations with Everyday Innovators on with Tamara Gondor Podcast. Let's take a moment to thank our generous partners that make this possible. I want to take a moment to talk about my friends at Howdy Puppy. Dogs experience all the same problems as humans when it comes to joint pain, anxiety, digestion, and arthritis. A great way to help our four-legged family members with these ailments is with CBD-infused pet treats. Who doesn't like treats? As you longtime listeners know, my Mastiff, Zoe, is part of my family, but is getting older and has some anxiety issues when strangers come around. Howdy Puppy CBD Dog Treats has totally changed her disposition, and I know she feels like her young, energetic, confident self when she gets Howdy Puppy CBD Dog Treats. There are many CBD-infused dog treats on the market, but the truth is that many of them are overpriced and ineffective. We've looked at dozens of CBD dog treats and found most of them disappointing. Howdy Puppy is among the best brands in the CBD pet business. They deliver consistent quality, and their treats look and taste amazing, according to our dogs, of course. The company makes CBD dog treats in three flavors, steak, bacon, and cheese rolls. All of Howdy Puppy CBD treats contain natural ingredients, including high-quality full-spectrum hemp oil, all sourced and made in the USA. Full disclosure, I'm an investor in Howdy Puppy, but before I put my name on the company, I had an independent lab in Denver, Colorado, verify the quality and consistency of their treats. They are truly as advertised. Go online today at howdypuppy.com, link will also be in the show notes, and use promo code TAMARA, T-A-M-A-R-A, that's me, to get 20% off the absolute best CBD dog treats on the market. You will not be disappointed. Howdypuppy.com, promo code TAMARA. Don't let them suffer needlessly. Let them enjoy life too. Next up on Tuesday, we had Roy Red. Now, Roy went from homeless to businessman, and his story is so inspiring, and I think there's so many nuggets of wisdom in it. And Roy is an experiential instinctual. 
So the experiential is all about innovation in motion and action, a very tangible 3D perspective because you put things to work and then figure it out as you go. And if you're an experiential out there, you're really good at taking that action and finding the innovation within the action. And the other side is instinctual. And the instinctual is all about a circuitous way of thinking, connecting dots in new and meaningful ways, going from A to X to L over to B in your thinking patterns. It's very connective. So Roy brings experiential instinctual, which is tangible, connective innovation to the table. Very different than Paul, who I just talked about, the collaborative inquisitive, who brings whole deep innovation to the table. Do you see the difference there? Whole deep versus tangible connective. Very different. So Roy shared his story about going from homeless to being a multimillionaire and the embarrassing down in the dumps moment that got him there. I encourage you to go back and listen to his podcast, just if nothing else, to hear that story. And I'll just give you the short of it and say his clanky old car broke down on the highway in California, full of traffic. There's a chopper overhead uh, because they're filming because of all the traffic. And he's over there pushing his car down the highway in the diamond lane, which is the carpool lane. And here he is in front of all these people and on the news accidentally confronted with the fact that he's... He's homeless. He's living in his car and his car's broken down the highway and he keeps self-sabotaging himself and he's trying to figure out why and why. And there's so much more to the story. I want you to go back. Here's what I took out of it. It was actually, we kind of looped back to this story later in the conversation. And I was talking about that moment and I was saying something about the stress behind it. And he he had an interesting response, which is actually, it was just such an aha and so true. He said, yeah, Tamara, very stressful. He said, but here's the thing. If you look at how the brain works, it's in those stressful moments that our brain is actually open to new patterns of thinking, new ideas, innovation, doing things differently. The chemicals that are released, how our brain operates, is actually in stress that we're able to innovate. And it's in how we manage that stress or how we think about and maybe even embrace that stress that allows us even more room to create those new tracks in our brain, to create innovation. You know, our brain is a very lazy thing and it loves to be efficient, right? It loves to be super like fast. Here's my skill. I get it done. Ironic, given we're just talking about effective versus efficient, right? And so it wants to like repeat tracks, repeat tracks because it knows it is comfortable, it's easy, it's fast. And what Roy's saying is that it's in those moments of stress where we actually are able to get out of those tracks and create new tracks. How powerful is that? So Roy got me thinking about all the stressful moments in my life where I've, I've hit what I, my rock bottoms or my valleys. And I've had quite a few of them, particularly in my adult life. And I would say that he's right. It's in those moments that I was able to really make a change in my life or in my work. And I innovate all day long, as you know. It's what I do for a living, as all of you do too, by the way, because we're all everyday innovators. And, but you know, I I mean, like in my day-to-day job, I innovate to make something better, to make something more effective. I innovate to find an opportunity or fill a gap. But that's a different, that's different. It's just different than, oh my gosh, I've hit rock bottom. What I'm doing is not working. I got to figure out something else. That's a whole different path, isn't it? And I think what Roy was talking about really resonated with me because when I look back at all those stressful moments in my life, the really stressful ones, those are the moments that I made a big change. And in fact, those are the moments that I leapt to from kind of one level of success to the next level, or that's where I leapt from one way of doing things to a whole nother way that worked better for me or for my family or for my business. 
And I often, until that conversation, I would look back on those moments with frustration or anger or disappointment at the, the fact that I even let myself get there, those things happened. But then I realized after this conversation with Roy that at the same time, those are the moments that led to incredible breakthroughs. And I don't know that I would have had those breakthroughs without those moments. So I hope that you will take a second like I did and really reflect on those moments and not just the stress and the anger and frustration, the hardship behind them, but perhaps what has gotten you as well. And as you go forward in life, I hope that you'll think about, like I am, how those stressful moments that are going to come, and they will come for all of us, they may not look like a rock bottom, but something's going to happen. It always does. It's life. I hope you think about how maybe that's your opportunity to rewire your brain a little bit and to create new paths forward. Thanks for that, Roy. Okay, then on Wednesday, Sean Richard. Now, Sean is a senior director and an engineer at Schneider Electric. And he is a collaborative inquisitive. So collaborative is, is that intersection of random and pulling all these disparate things together. And inquisitive is all about that digging deep and asking questions that challenge assumptions, challenge the things on the surface. That combination brings whole and deep innovation to the table. Sean said something that I thought was really interesting, just a unique perspective in leading innovation and finding those innovative ideas. He was sharing a story about a client needing something and their team pulling it together in a way that had never been done before, but was of tremendous value to everybody. And one of the things he said as he was sharing the story is something to the effect of, I don't look for you know people like me, I look for people who don't have the experience and don't have the handcuffs that create all the self-imposed limitations on our ideas. How powerful is that? Think about that for a second. We often look for people with the most experience, the most data points to pull from. And what he's saying is, yeah, and I like to find people who don't have those handcuffs because that experience and those data points, while important and add a lot, also create handcuffs of what we think is and is not possible. And it's people who don't have those handcuffs that that help us imagine a little bit differently, that help us expand our thinking and what's possible. So I wanted to thank Sean for that because I'm going to start really thinking about when we're making a decision, am I really incorporating the ideas of the least experienced or least knowledgeable person as well? Now, if you're out there and you're going, well, tomorrow I have a team of people who know what they're doing. Awesome for you. And... I would just make sure that one person who has a seat at the table, a voice in your decisions and your ideas is the person who's least connected to whatever it is you're working on. You can get there that way too. I thought that was really evolved of Sean to be open to ideas for people who have the least experience, but also don't have the handcuffs. But I do think as leaders, we have to think about being open to those conversations. And don't we often dismiss dismiss that? We go, well, they don't know what they're talking about. Well, they don't have enough experience. Well, that will never work because it hasn't worked in the past. I think we all know what works in the past does not work in the future. Or maybe it will work in the future, but maybe there's a better way to do it. Maybe there's a new path that's going to get to more success or more value or more breakthroughs. Think about that for a minute. So thanks to Sean, I'm going to start making sure that I infuse the voice of the person with the least experience and a lack of handcuffs moving forward, if nothing else, to round out my thinking and my ideas. So thanks for that, Sean. Okay, yesterday, Thursday, we had Gary Payton. Now, Gary comes from the CIO, which is the chief um, 
IT officer. I don't know. I don't think the I stands for internet anymore, but it's basically your technology person. So he runs conferences and events in that field for CIOs and people in that field. And Gary is an experiential tweaker. So experiential is all about that tangible, that in motion, things got to get out of your head and into action. And it's in that action that they drive 3D innovation. And then the tweaker is all about editing, evolving, adjusting. It's all about that one little shift is going to lead to that big breakthrough. And they're often right about that. Because of that, he is a brilliant innovator, just like you. And he brings tangible, optimized innovation to the table. Here's something he said that I thought was interesting. So he's talking about his, his events. Um, they're called EFM and the CIO groups. And he said, you know, we don't focus. He was talking about this, this innovation that they did that brought new value to the market. And he talked about it in kind of two ways. One, he was saying, I wasn't riding the wave. I was ignoring the wave that everybody else was on. Instead, I was looking for the gaps. Wow. I thought to myself, how often do we look at a trend, a shift, or where everybody else is going? And we think, oh, well, everybody else is doing it. So clearly, that's what I need to do, too. And all we do is add to the noise. And I think we should probably be a little bit more like Gary and get off those waves because it's so crowded and so cluttered. It's a wave because everybody's on it. And maybe think about the other gaps that aren't being filled. And he talked about in his market how there's a lot of events for CIOs, like the top, top level, but not a lot for that middle level, that third rung down. That's really the ones out there doing kind of the the day-to-day work. He said, so that's who we decided to serve. And when you listen to his interview, you'll see the way they did it was drastically different as well to serve that audience and to serve that market. I just love what Gary said about, we didn't ride the wave, we found the gaps. And that gave me a little bit of a mindset shift. And it just helped me see things clearly in my business of, okay, where am I riding a wave? And where's there a gap that I can fill that nobody else is filling or they're not feeling well? Because that's where that's where the results come from. That's where the value comes from, isn't it? It's in solving something that other people aren't solving. And man, if you can figure that out in your world, whether that's a leader you serve or the client on the marketplace, if you can figure out what's a gap that nobody else is helping them with, but it's a problem, a challenge, a need for them, cha-ching, like that's the value right there. So I want to thank Gary for that because I'm going to start looking at like, hey, where is this just a wave and where is this actually a gap? And you know what? Maybe sometimes riding that wave is okay. Maybe sometimes it's necessary. But more often than not, I think there's a gap that we miss that we could easily fill with our knowledge, our value, our uniqueness and provide more value out to the people that we serve. Another incredible week of everyday innovators. I might need to go take a nap. I'm exhausted just thinking about all the amazing things I learned. Hey, go back, listen to Paul, listen to Roy, Sean, Gary. They were all incredible. Next week, we have a whole nother range of incredible everyday innovators. And I want to thank you if you're out there and you filled out the nomination form, whether you nominated yourself or somebody else, it's really exciting to go through them. And we have a lot of everyday innovators coming out that aren't people that I've met over the years, although those people are also amazing, but people that have reached out to us. So if that's you out there and you're like, I've got something to offer tomorrow, I've, I'm, I'm driving innovation in my way. Here's my one story or how I look at life or whatever it is, go to our website, go to launchroot.com and fill out the form. It's on the podcast page. It's to the right on the main list and it's in the nomination form. We want to hear from you. We want to have you on. We are stronger together. With that, tomorrow out. 
Congratulations. By listening to this podcast, you took another step towards becoming an everyday innovator. To leap forward, visit www.gotolaunchstreet.com and take the Innovation Quotient Edge Assessment to discover your unique everyday innovator style and access the Everyday Innovator Digital Magazine for the top tools, insights, and inspiration at your fingertips 24-7. Tomorrow, we'll be back with another Everyday Innovator conversation soon. In the meantime, if you got a nugget of value out of this podcast, let Tamara know by leaving a five-star review and comment. Your review equals more guests, more listeners, listens bigger impact until next time